Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big 12 is out on San Diego State, where the Aztecs and their attempt to move sit right now. Also, the Bob Huggins saga continues at West Virginia. More troubling news uh, from that kind of standpoint. We'll get into that. This is the Neighborhood Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. Please subscribe to the channel. We're on our way to 11,000 right now. Uh, if you all subscribe, that will help us get there. The goal is 11,000 by the end of July. So please subscribe and help us reach that number. You all can also find us wherever you get your podcasts. You guys can find us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Also this week, Big 12 Media Days. Uh, the Neighborhood Watch will be on the road for the first time. I'll be heading down to Dallas, meeting up with 365 guys, covering all things Big 12 at Big 12 Media Days. We'll be talking conference realignment, hopefully We'll have some conversations and some interviews with some other folks in media, get that stuff. You know, if we get those conversations, that audio and whatnot, uh, we'll get it out to you all, but hopefully going to kind of get the word on the street, see what everybody's feeling about a variety of topics it's about, about teams coming into this year. Uh, also about conference realignment. So if you all have some questions, you guys want me to ask around on certain things, please leave those comments below and more just general vibe stuff as opposed to, you know, specific things, but if you all have certain questions about certain teams. We can try and get some of that stuff taken care of as well. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to the news. Uh, so this came out on Friday, I want to say, July 7th. We're on the 10th. Yep, so Friday. We'd, we were, uh, we'd already taped this point. Um, San Diego State, not part of the Big 12's expansion plan as Aztecs face uncertain future with Mountain West Pac-12. So this is from Dennis Dodd. I want to kind of preface this conversation with a couple of things. Um, and, and Dennis mentioned this, how they thought they had options. I think there's two things that are highlighted th from this, this kind of situation that's happening. It's playing out right here. Number one is that it shows you how fast things can change. I think with all of conference realignment, we've known that, you know, we, we saw it happen with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the big 12. We saw it with the big 12's response, scooping up new teams. Um, you know, I think we've seen it with, with those situations and stuff can take time as well too, but Really, it felt like San Diego State had multiple avenues to the Power Five. And uh, it felt like that made a lot of sense for them, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And that's changed. You know, the exit fee has doubled for the Pac-12, or to leave just generally speaking for the Mountain West. Uh, the Pac-12 has not gotten their TV deal done yet, so they can't add them. And here's the one problem. Here's why the Big 12 and San Diego State really never had a chance. And this is the second thing this highlights is that a Big 12 team in California 
is going to be an extreme challenge to swing if it's not already a part of the power five. So like, and really the, the ones available right now, now are Stanford and Cal and available. I'm putting in quotes, right. But like the ones that could have to move now, UCLA and USC have moved on to the big 10 Fresno state's out there. San Diego state is out there. San Jose state's out there. Those schools are out there, but they're not power five. And with the way the pro rata works, you know, at least in this next contract, it's going to be extremely challenging for the big 12 to get a California school in uh, generally speaking, it's, it's just going to be difficult to do just because of the financial part of it. We talked about this with San Diego State. Here was the issue. The issue is that football, it sounds great, and basketball, they love it, but when you have all of the non-revenue sports having to travel across the country to go play UCF, to play Iowa State, to play West Virginia, and even go to Texas and places like that, those expenses are hard to cover. And that's why Mark Ziegler told us, we talked about it, it just seemed like it was it, now would not be the right time as much as the big 12 wants to go to California and get there. You know, it's going to be an extreme challenge because who is out there for them that the television companies who drive this entire boat, who are they willing to pay for in a way that makes sense for both the conference and the university? Remember the university, you know, is going to be taking uh, most likely not a full share and they have to pay all those travel expenses and then, you know, for the Big 12 and whatnot, in terms of distribution, they, you know, they, they are not going to have to give a full share. Uh, and and that, that's the way it'd have to work. And then even then, there's no guarantee the university cover all their costs and whatnot. So, you know, there's I think there's a big question about how likely it is the Big 12 can get out uh, all the way into California. They might have to settle for, uh, you know, Utah. I mean, then that's, that doesn't seem like it's likely right now. You know, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona, Arizona State. That's where if even they get lucky, they might have to settle for those schools as opposed to going all the way out west. Those are the two kind of you know things I'm thinking about going into this. Uh, but Dennis Dodd says, back in the day of conference realignment, you know, a month ago, San Diego State had options with a new stadium, a consistent football program, a miracle run to the Final Four, and not much of a miracle it felt like. The school was all but certainly uh, bound for a power conference you know, upgrade. If not the Pac-12, then perhaps the Big 12. In fact, San Diego State Athletic Director J.D. Wicker nearly said those two exact words during the high times of his school's conference considerations. One or the other is going to happen, Wicker told The Athletic in April, of a move to the Big 12 or Pac-12. Now, maybe neither. The Mountain West has basically taken up San Diego State on its intent to depart the league, as stated in a June 13 letter to the conference. A flurry of subsequent back-and-forth letters has ended for now with the Mountain West withholding San Diego State's revenue distribution of $6.6 million as part of its exit fee it believes it deserves. Now, folks, we talked about this last week. Uh, I, I think that there is a pretty good, uh, you know, I think there's a pretty good idea here that that money uh, is, some, is part of some settlement, you know, settlement is the term we use between the mountain West and San Diego state. Either they stay, they get the money and whatnot, or they leave. And that money is a part of whatever happens. Uh, it sounds like July 17th, a week from today, we're going to get some more answers, or at least a meeting will take place with some of the mountain West powers that be more of a decision feels like on that front could be coming. Let's see uh, down the line here. Also in this piece, San Diego state still considers itself a member of the mountain West. The conference says SDSU is out as of July 1, 2024. 
It gets worse, at least for San Diego State, says Dodd. Through, uh, though SCSU once believed the Pac-12 and Big 12 were interested in adding it to their respective conferences, the Big 12 has little interest in bringing an SDSU aboard, sources indicated the CBS Sports this week. Now, guys, the reason why we should believe this is because Dennis, more than any other conference, is plugged into the Big 12. He says this despite Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark's stated intent to expand his league wet to the West Coast. Rather, the Big 12's current expansion focus continues to be on UConn and any Pac-12 schools that may be, may be shaken loose once its media rights deal pitch uh, to its members. Excuse me. Meanwhile, San Diego State continues to wait. The Pac-12 remains the best option for the Aztecs. The Big 12 was at least previously interested dating back to a tour of the campus taken by former Commissioner Bob Bowlesby before he left office at the end of the year. Now, SDSU is not only uh, hearing crickets, it's sitting in limbo. Wicker has indicated from the beginning that th his school will deserve a full conference share wherever it goes. That would have to be $31.7 million for the Big 12. Uh, that not, league is not even giving its full, you know, full shares to new schools. Uh, the new schools are receiving $18 million in 2023, 19 in 2024 as they get accustomed to the league. So while San Diego State's experiencing a high level of success, especially in basketball, not a full member. And guys, once again, the problem for this, J.D. Wicker can say this, but the if the TV companies aren't willing to make a full commitment and Fox is not committed, and the reporting said that there was a pro rata agreement involved in the Big 12, at least on the ESPN side, but that's just for Power 5 schools, which San Diego State is not. So you have to ask yourself, is $18 million next year and 19 next year uh, the following year, something that the conference is okay with and something San Diego State can live with. Those two are massive questions in all of this, and it sounds like the Big 12 isn't that interested in it at all, although I think they should give that a, a second look, but the money has to be right. But I think being out on the West Coast with SDSU would send a message here, and if it makes financial sense, they would do it. I, I think all parties involved, that's why it's probably not happening. The school doesn't appear to have much leverage, let alone a home at the moment. It wants to stay in the Mountain West Conference, conference, uh, at least in the short term, given the uncertainty facing the Pac-12. But its status is up in the air. Conference bylaws require one-year notice for a school to leave. The Mountain West says, based on that, June 13 correspondence, it considers the Aztecs out of the league beginning July 1. And once again, I, I feel like this is going to be all resolved. July 17th, we have that meeting happening. But right now, $34 million is the fee. I don't think that's going to be what happens here. And I think it's, you know, uh, and it says, uh, he also says historically court battles were avoided in these situations and the sides settle for somewhere between 60 to 65% of the original number. That's what happened when Texas and OU negotiated to get out of the big 12 a year ago, a year early. That's what we talked about guys at 60 to 65%. You know, if we're talking about that, uh, $34 million, uh, 34 times, or, you know, you have to times that by 0.6, that would give you so nearly $26 million for them to get out. That's 60% of the 34 right there. So that's got to be considered. Is my, my wash going crazy right now? That's got to be considered in this. Is that is that if we're talking about 665, that's what it would take to get out. You know, you think about that $6.6 .6 million the conference would be distributing to them. You think about that part of it too, as, as how does that factor in? So this all might get settled out here. If there was a Pac-12 deal, Dodd writes, San Diego State would more than likely be way down the road as a future league member. However, 
The conference is now inside a year before its current deal expires with ESPN and Fox. Industry sources continue to tell CBS Sports there is scant interest from the four major linear giants in the Pac-12. CBS, ESPN, Fox, and NBC are your four linear giants, folks. The assertion continues to confuse industry experts who wonder where the Pac-12's revenue and visibility is going to come from. Coaches and ADs are concerned that a deal heavy on streaming broadcast may impact recruiting. That's something that we've heard from coaches as well. A linear cable window may be closing for the Pac-12 with NBC Universal, NBC and USA Network. If WWE and NASCAR re-up with the network in deals that are expiring in the near future. And from what I've told folks, I mean, if you saw the numbers, and I'm this actually where I'm glad, right? Your Mark's got NASCAR experience. I worked on uh, Sirius XM's NASCAR radio last year, the summer for a good portion of it, and really got into it and, and now kind of understand it from an economic standpoint. Great spectator sport. The TV numbers are pretty curious, but their TV numbers have been pretty strong. At least we saw last week, big number for their Chicago street race that was on NBC. I think there's a good chance that NBC and re-ups with them, and I think there's a good chance they re-up with Peacock, to, uh, with WWE. Um, I think the Peacock-WWE partnership has been a pretty darn good one. Um, I think the pricing is pretty good. I think Endeavor's probably pretty happy with, with, with that situation as well. Pricing, we'll see if that changes. But Endeavor buys WWE. I think on Peacock, having that kind of become the WWE network has been big. So I think they're going that direction. We talked about some of these other these other TV uh, uh, products, NBA, uh, you know, Major League Baseball, local stuff, like how, how all this stuff is linked, how it's all together. The TV market does matter. Paul Catalina and I talked about that the other day. That does factor into all of this. Uh, I think they're in a tough spot. WWE CEO Nick Khan said of the Pac-12 in a widely referenced March podcast. So there's Nick Khan, who's got some, you know, who's got some industry insights. A report last week said the Pac-12 presidents were updated on a new media rights deal. It includes linear concepts. Sources told CBS Sports in May the Pac-12 was competent on a deal with significant linear broadcast. It does not say where that's going to be, though. Uh, the, there are still discussions. Nothing definitive, that's for sure, uh, Robert Robbins told CBS. I think that means the narrative is going to be an all-streaming deal. I think that's ridiculous. That's the end of the article there. Go check that out from Dennis if you all want to get some more. Obviously, Dennis is very good. He also had a piece out today. Uh, <laughs> his, his new article, it's, it says, I mean, he tweeted it out. It says, a left testicle, comma, $1 billion and realignment roulette in the Big 12 conference. Uh, and so, you know, it's always, once again, great pieces from Dennis Dodd. Go check him out. He'll be a Big 12 media day. So we'll talk to him for a second. But so there's what you all have to, to understand about, about this situation with San Diego State. It felt like they have options, but because of that, that deadline, they might not. Now, look, if the Pac-12 gets a deal done and they can negotiate their way out, that's fine. And the, the way that this July 17th deadline has worked or July 17th meeting cycle has worked is it's going to give them some more time to give everybody kind of time. But I think in the end, the Mountain West probably wants their cash. So that's what they'll probably take because they don't feel like San Diego State's going to be in this thing for the long haul. That 60% number. I think if you're San Diego State, you find that money no matter what, if you need to, $28, $26 million, whatever you do, you find it to get to a power conference, especially if it's the pack, because travel wise, it just makes a lot more sense. The costs are way down on the travel. And, and I think long term, you might take that, you know, might pay that fee and take a short and 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 be a lesser member for a while, but you might know, you might lie on those donors more, but just being in the power five would be important for them. It'd be really important for them. So they're holding on to that. 
But the Big 12, it sounds like that ship sailed. It sounds like it was really just never that serious because of the cost. And once again, highlights that Big 12 into California problem. That's something I'm going to attack maybe later on this week after Big 12 Media Days and I'll end the next week. The idea of the Big 12 in California, how challenging that might end up being. All right, let's talk Bob Huggins. So this weekend, former West Virginia men's basketball coach Bob Huggins said that he never resigned from West Virginia. I'll read from Myron Medcalf here. Weeks after Bob Huggins announced his resignation following a DUI arrest, an attorney for the former West Virginia men's basketball coach claims he never formally resigned last month and said Huggins will sue the university if he's not reinstated. In response, the university, which announced the hiring of longtime assistant Josh Eilert, and it's Eilert, uh, as interim coach last month, said it will not reinstate Huggins and will defend itself against any spurious allegations. Last month, Huggins announced his resignation through a statement that recent actions do not represent the values of the university or the leadership is based on the whole statement, whatever. Uh, he says it. After he had been arrested in Pittsburgh for driving under the influence and registering a blood alcohol content of 0.21%, nearly three times the legal limit. The arrest came nearly six weeks after Huggins had used an anti-gay slur during a radio interview that prompted a three-game suspension and a $1 million reduction in salary. According to documents released by the university Saturday, however, Huggins' legal team sent a letter to Gordon G. Gee, gee, I think it's Gee. West Virginia's president on Friday that stated Huggins never, never officially resigned. The letter also said Huggins entered rehab after his arrest last month and intends to return to his post as head coach when he completes the program. In his letter, which was obtained by ESPN, David A. Campbell, an attorney representing Huggins, said Huggins' resignation correspondence with the school did not come from him, but his wife, June Huggins. Campbell claims Huggins never gave West Virginia a formal resignation. Based on press statements, it appears WVU is taking the position that Coach Huggins voluntarily resigned and terminated the employment agreement in advance of April 30th, 2024. Campbell wrote, however, although the press statements purport to have resignation communication directly from Coach Huggins to you and or the athletic director, Coach Huggins has never communicated his resignation to the to you, the athletic director, or to anyone at WVU. The contrary, we understand reported resignation is incredibly based on a text message from Coach Huggins' wife. The university on Saturday released an email that was sent from an account belonging to June Huggins, Huggins' wife, to A.D. Ren Baker the day the head coach announced his resignation that, quote, please accept this correspondence as my formal resignation uh, as West Virginia's basketball coach, effective immediately. All right, so um, the school also says it has ongoing conversations with Huggins' legal representation, not Campbell in recent weeks, suggests former coach Huggins understood he had resigned and, and not been talking about, you know, coming back or whatnot. It's, it's kind of, you know, kind of all over the place with, with this. Um, here's what I will say about this. If, if this is a fight for money, fine. Totally cool with that. Um, I guess in some ways, like, I, I, I understand with that. But... I, I'm like I, I, the part I'm not cool with is like he has to understand. I, I'm understand the reasoning behind is what I'm saying. He should. He is really making this thing hard on West Virginia fans, man. He is really making this hard, which goes back to, to something originally 
I talked about on the first podcast I did back when I was doing Locked On Big 12, back in the podcast actually got me fired, that I no longer, um, you know, it's no longer up, but like it's hard to believe that this guy is really going to like tell me he cares a lot about these kids. And I mean, he does to some extent, sure. But he's acting pretty selfishly. He's embarrassed the university once. He got a second chance. He embarrassed them twice. And now he's going to further kind of the whole embarrassment because he's like, I want my either my money or I want my position back. After I was completely embarrassing and look, acted in a way that I think a lot of us should, we can all kind of agree, is not becoming of somebody who is one of the highest paid people in the state and a representative of the university, you know, that, that's got sports teams in a state where there's no pro sports teams. You are the big guns. West Virginia football and basketball. He is a Hall of Fame coach. He is in the Hall of Fame because of what he's done across his career, but a lot of, a lot of work he did uh, building that Hall of Fame career was at West Virginia University. And he has kind of disgraced himself on the way out. And I was talking with, with our guy Coos the other day, talking about, hey, the, the West Virginia fans back West Virginia people. They're not backing him here, nor should they. Because he is going kicking and screaming now and causing more embarrassment. And they have got this new staff. And it's a lot of those old guys. But this staff's in place. The kids are going everywhere. They're trying to find a way to move on with all of this. And he is not letting this thing die, not letting it go. Most likely probably a fight for money, I have to believe, because there's no actual way they can reinstate him as the basketball coach and bring him back. You, I mean, you cannot think that that's at 70 years old. I don't care if, you know, we want to solve something that he might sit out for a year and rehab and whatnot. Like, you can't bring him back at that point. I mean, I guess you could, but come on, man. Like, this is enough is enough. I, I mean, this, this is really hurting his legacy out the door. He's going to make this thing ugly with West Virginia on the way out. And think about, you know, it might have been a little bit ugly there with Cincinnati there towards the end. And there was some rivalry action there, right? I mean, I guess I guess he's still got an okay relationship with them. But but now you're going to have a bad relationship with West Virginia too? Talk about build, you know, building you a statue, you know, putting you out front, you know, the Hall of Fame coach. You got that while you were there. It's wild to me. It, it's, it's wild to me. I mean, it's not wild that he wants his money, but it's like it's going to go down like this. It just sucks. Uh, and and I, I'll say this, like I, I kind of I feel like I've spent enough time talking about Bob Huggins, but I feel bad for the kids more than anything else uh, and, and the fans. I mean, you all West Virginia fans. I know we've had our differences about this situation from the word go, but you all are a loyal, uh, awesome fan base that loves your Mountaineers. And uh, you all stood by him. Most of you did. And I'm not saying that's wrong. That is what fan bases do oftentimes. Um because he's given you so much and the players love him. I had somebody out there, you know, who was tweeting at me every single time a player tweeted about coach Huggins and how awesome he was and how much he loved playing for him and all those things. And it would at me every single time being like, see this, see this, see this, see this. The players love him. The players love him. The players love him. I know the players love him. They should love him. He is a, he is a coach that's worked those guys hard and they played hard for him. And he's, you know, been a mentor of a lot of those guys, and a lot of guys have good stuff to say about him. It's besides the point, though. The guy disgraced himself, disgraced the university. Now he's not letting it go. And everybody wants to move on, and it's difficult to do it. It also brings up another point, guys, and, and we're seeing this now with Northwestern. 
I don't know if there is a bigger bunch of frauds in this country. And I was actually talking about this with a couple of guys um, with David Basil, Roger Scott, and Justin Moore, three guys, host my radio show. And Justin's a, you know, Justin's a country music artist, obviously. And, you know, he mentioned politicians kind of being up in that group. That, that's sure. That, that, that's true. You think about like th those two groups of people, politicians and coaches, like they are paid to some extent to spin a lie, right? about the culture and how it's going to be and everything. And they have to sell boosters and families and recruits, whether you're a liar or sales, whatever, but like there's a video of Pat Fitzgerald out there talking about, we'll do hazing. We've got a, basically a big brother program here about that. And it sounds like by all intents and purpose, all the reporting that we've seen, you know, don't believe student media. Fine. Sure. You should believe student media. It's great reporting from Northwestern, but we saw from Adam Rittenberg at ESPN. I mean, that guy's usually nails with his reporting. Uh, that hazing stuff at Northwestern was kind of out in plain sight. And Pat Fitzgerald's a fraud. And the university was protecting him a little bit. And it sounds like they did not do their homework on, on what, you know, was actually happening there. We protect these coaches and we, and, and, and winning does help a lot. And there's a reason why Joe Paterno was very protected at Penn state until he wasn't anymore. We protect these guys so much, especially, especially when you are winning, you get protected, right? Mark Adams out the door. You weren't winning enough. Uh, you know, Kevin Ollie out the door, right? Terrible. They did Jeremy Pruitt out the door. They'll kick your ass the curb. They'll find ways to blame you and whatnot. If you're not winning, winning, they'll cover up all your BS. Now, Northwestern's not winning, but they've won a lot more than they normally do. Pat Fitzgerald's native son, they, they're doing that. But I mean, like these guys, these guys are, you know, Bob Hawkins is a bit more transparent, but it's like, I mean, you think these guys really love and care about the university and the fans and whatnot and stuff. And, they kind of, or, you know, the, the players they go and recruit, they kind of spit in their faces all the time. Um, it's hard to believe these guys. And we want to believe them. They, they, you know, Chris Beard, it's like, how do I think you're a sincere guy when, you know, we've heard some stuff in the background about you and your fiance and then the, the cops are getting called and, oh, well, now it's fine. Nothing actually happened. Coach Beard's, you know, it's all good. Now he's at Ole Miss. Like, how do you believe a guy like that? How do you believe a guy like a Hugh Freeze when he's quoting Bible verses but calling hookers off the school phone? How do you believe a guy like that? Only Jesus can handle my junk, the famous quote from, from him. I think it's a great question about how you like, you know, like we, we have to be a bit more, uh, a bit more grain of salt. And look, I want some of these guys to be, be sincere, good people. Really do. Really do. But oftentimes they're not. And we're seeing now Bob Huggins is taking the route. It's going to make it most painful. And Bob Huggins, you know, at least I could be wrong here. I mean, I don't know this financial situation, but I would assume Bob Huggins has enough money. It's just to go out for the rest of it now, because I mean, the idea that they would reinstate, reinstate him and he would coach is freaking bizarre to me. I don't think that would happen. All right. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Josh neighbors, underscore at NW pod Please, 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 please subscribe to the channel as well. All right, my friends, we will speak manana Chris level tomorrow, Texas tech red Raiders season preview. Make sure you check that out.